as summer looms. One of the country's most dangerous beaches is at risk of being short of lifeguards as the dilapidated surf club room awaits a much-needed upgrade. Auckland's Kariotahi Beach facilities are in such a state of disrepair. Building Committee co-chair Jim Coe says they're acting more as a storeroom than a congregation point for volunteers. After a push to reach a funding goal of $7.5 million fell $1.6 million short, the Surf Life Saving Club there has started work on a scaled-down plan, which it hopes to get over the line early next year. However, Jim Coe says the state of the current club, which is more than 50 years old, means fewer lifeguards are putting their hands up this year. Surf club rooms across the country vary greatly, as do their funding. More on that, as does their funding. Uh, more on that in a moment. But first, Jim Coe from Kamiwaitahi. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Nine to Noon. Yeah, good morning, Catherine. So, give us an idea of the state of the club rooms. How bad are things? Um, well, the roof, the roof on the club is currently rusted out, and we've been doing patching repairs. Um, we've got a lot of erosion on the mortar that was put in fifty years ago, which in some areas the mortar has completely disappeared, and it's allowing ingress of water down into the walls of the club. So, we're currently running industrial dehumidifiers in the club twenty four seven just to keep it dry and to uh, stop the mould from forming. And roof rusted away. Yep, the front of the roof is gone pretty much. Uh, we've we've done patch repairs on it to stop the water from pouring in, but it's still allowing water to run into the out the external feet of the club. Um, brickwork and blockwork is eroding. Uh, we've got cracks forming um, in the blockwork on the basement where the steel reinforcing over that period of time has expanded due to the salt environment that it's in and it's um, rusting and expanding and, and cracking the cracking the building. Do you believe this has directly impacted the drop-off in volunteers over the years? Um, in the last couple of years we've had a drop-off of volunteers mainly because of the condition of the club the, the environment for the club is a social one for a lot of the volunteers that we have uh, they've all got the similar interests and in, in wanting to provide a service to the community and we're finding it increasingly difficult to hold them there because the, the social environment that we have had in the club has uh, been depleted by the state of the premises that we're having to operate out of uh, it's not the only factor. Cost of living over the last couple of seasons has seen a drop off as well as, as a lot of our kids are, are working weekends and they're finding it more and more difficult to try and get to the club. So it's it's a bit of a two pronged approach that uh, is uh, impacting us at the present. Will things be stretched this season and it might be time just to talk about the need for the service at this beach? Is it, what are its characteristics? Well, the beach itself is, is open and exposed to the west coast and the Tasman Sea. So we, we patrol uh, an area from the Waikato River right up to the Manukau Heads. Uh, so we've got about 35 kilometres of beach that we look after. And um, very dangerous conditions. It's rated 7 out of 10, a hazard rating um, for beaches. And it's one of the most dangerous, or it's one of the top 10 most dangerous in, in New Zealand. Um, two years ago, we had three drownings at the beach, um, and that was a bit harrowing for the surf lifeguards. And we've had a number of drownings uh, post, uh, pre, pre uh, two years ago. Um, I've been involved in a lot of those out there, and, and it's not nice. And 
the, the conditions are dangerous. People are unsuspecting of what they're walking into. Uh, there's a lot of rip currents. There's a lot of holes. And um, our population for the beach and the attendance is growing with the increase in housing and, and that that's occurring down through the South Auckland Corridor. So if you're patrolling that much beach, you must have kit that you've got to park up somewhere as well, Jim, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be in those club rooms. No, well, we've, we've, got, um, we've got a search and rescue squad that operates 24-7 and we can be called to any nature of um, emergencies along the coastline. We had one on Monday of Labour weekend, just gone. We had a boat overturned in the Waikato River Bar, which our guards responded to. So we've got to have premises available that can house the emergency equipment that's required for a 365-day operation. Let's look at what the proposals were for the upgrade to the uh, club and, you know, raising um, raising close to six mil is, <laughs> is a good effort. Uh, but what's, what's the story with what's needed and what you've had to uh, perhaps sacrifice? Well, we had a plan and the plan was always... Um, the basement of the new club was always structured around housing all the equipment that we had and housing it comfortably and allowing for training and that of our junior surf and having a, a top quality first aid room and, and facilities that would allow that to happen with a um, first floor or top story on that that are pro- provided accommodation and provided an area that allowed us to um, probably seat about 100 people with, with a bit of a deck area. Five years ago, back in 2015, that building would have cost about three and a half million. Uh, with COVID and with cost escalations that we've experienced in the last three or four years and inflationary pressures, that's pushed the price up during that period from three and a half million to now close to eight million. So we had six million secured um up until a few months ago and we were chasing one and a half million but those cost escalations just keep rising and we're now chasing eight million so there was a decision by the surf club board at the time with um assistance from myself to say well look we, we can't keep chasing this it's just getting away from us so what we've done is we've gone for a design and build option uh we've we've ceased progress on the current design we've gone for a design and build option which is a reduced footprint for the surf club it'll make it tight for some of the year that we need to need to store but uh, we'll be comfortable with that and we just need to do a bit of moving around if, with and when the building gets built um, and we've gone for a lower cost option for the actual materials that are going to be put into the building so the original building was going to be all uh, tilt slab and concrete. We've now had to go for a timber frame with um, uh, steel or aluminium okay. cladding I think in one, that area. I think 1.4 mil had come in from Life Saving New Zealand on this, but you, you, you're making the changes that you're making. But I, I'm just conscious that all this work you're talking about is, is the work of volunteers, including yours, right? That's correct, yep. And yes, I've, I've, been, I've been working on this now. Well, we started work on it from 2010 and, and the major push has been from 2015, 2016 on it. So I've been on this for the last seven or eight years full time, basically. 
can we just come back to those patrols you're anticipating then this summer if you are uh, with reduced membership? What, what number on patrol do you anticipate and how does that compare with what you'd ideally have? We've normally had 15 to 20 people on each patrol uh, and we've started this season off, we're probably looking at about somewhere around a 10 to 12. So we've got reduced numbers. So that puts a little bit more pressure on the guards who are actually physically at the beach on any given weekend. Uh, we we can support that. We support it with backup from our um, call-out squads, our search and rescue squads. If it gets too busy, then we just activate the pages and, and bring those extra guards in when and when we need them and if it's required. But it is going to put a little bit of pressure on the existing guards here. Um, and uh, we're trying to work through that and we're trying to accommodate uh, as many people as we can to... Um, fit around their work requirements and uh, having to work Saturdays or Sundays. Jim, thank you. Jim Coe of Karuetahi Beach uh, in the Surf Life Saving Club there. As we said, some beaches have modern facilities thanks to community and council funding. Surf Life Saving New Zealand has 147 which need work, ranging from maintenance to 14 which require a rebuild. Several have limited capacity after the major flood events earlier in this year and two club rooms at Bethel's Beach and Mangafai Heads are operating out of shipping containers. To discuss this wider picture and how the funding models work, Surf Life Saving Chief Executive Steve Fisher, Morena. So just run us through the low-level maintenance. It shouldn't be presumed that that, should, that can just be left. 147 affected by that. So we've got about 147 projects that are needed across our club network over the next decade, uh, but 14 of those relate to, I guess, the primary life-saving facilities or, or, or the club rooms, essentially, and they're actually needed in the next three years. And that comes with an estimated cost of around $53 million, and that's uh, obviously a lot of money for a, a charity to support. And as you point out, our volunteers are spending, you know, incredible hours patrolling our beaches and coastlines and keeping the public of New Zealand safe. To then ask them to effectively work and fundraise on top of that is a really, really big ask. And, and I guess that's where Surf Life, sorry, Surf Life Saving New Zealand um, steps in and we uh, continue to work with government officials to ensure that we can properly service our clubs and volunteers. I mean, just listen to those plans of gyms. To be fair, these these uh, buildings are operating in uh, ocean environments. They're taking a hammering from the um, elements. And uh, that low-level maintenance, clearly there's been a struggle to keep up with that over the years as well for many of these buildings. I don't think Koreatahi's had any for more than 50 years. So what's the way forward? Because, because we're not just talking about sort of Baywatch here, are we? As Jim was saying, they are involved. They're on call-outs for all manner of emergencies, um, we've got beaches that uh, can be dangerous uh, to any swimmer, let alone you know perhaps people new to the area, um, lacking in the in, in the relevant skills and knowledge. What what's the way forward for the pressure that the services are under? So there's a, there's a few things. First off, um, we've been talking about I guess capital build projects, and and um, look, the the government has been. Um, giving us some funding for capital works uh, since 2020. Uh, we get about $2.75 million a year for that. We're very grateful for it, and we stretch it as far as we can. And in that time, we've been able to 
work with 16 clubs around the country, uh, everything from complete rebuilds through to just you know providing additional or newer observation towers, replacing roofs, that kind of thing. And we're currently supporting five complete rebuild projects through that funding, of which Carrier Tahi is one. But it is increasingly difficult to make ends meet, and it's not just capital builds, so it's also the operating costs as well. So, you know, clubs and volunteers are absolutely at the heart of what we do, um, and they've been saving lives for over 110 years, and it's only through their goodwill, really, that we can keep members of the public safe. But it's not just the capital, as I say, clubs continue to struggle to find sufficient funding to properly equip their lifeguards, their search and rescue squads, and actually just to keep the lights on at the facilities from, from which they operate. So um, we continue to stretch the money we do get as far as we can, but we are talking to uh, government officials and they're aware of the challenges that we face. And indeed, uh, New Zealand Search and Rescue has helped us and uh, facilitated us putting forward a budget bid for 2024, uh, which will uh, provide, I, I guess, uh, a more sustainable level of funding uh, for our clubs and volunteers. But we don't obviously know how that will ultimately pan out. What's the scale of it? Um, so in summary, we get about $13 million in both uh, OPEX and CAPEX from the government. And again, we're, we're very grateful for that. But in simple terms, we need to double that to maintain surf lifesaving as we have it today. And without that, you know, the clubs in our movement, uh, some of them will struggle to survive. Um, due to um, the flood impacts uh, in the Upper North Island last year as well, we also have a, a number of our, our clubs that are have been desperately impacted and the, the total cost of, of getting them back on their feet is estimated at around 12 million as a one-off. So 13 million, one three, was that the figure that you said needs to double? Yes, correct. So you've got Huaihi impacted, Raglan impacted, Bethel's Beach impacted, Mangafai impacted directly by weather events uh, apart from the, from the wear and tear. Can we just talk yeah, about... There's... Go ahead. No, oh, sorry, that's right. So, you know, Bethel's uh, and Mangawai uh, in particular, um, Bethel's been impacted by river flooding and the river changing its course during the floods, and it's largely unusable, and actually it's unstable and at risk of a partial collapse. So we've just got some temporary facilities in there um, to, to ensure that uh, yeah. the clubs and volunteers can operate. Mangawai damaged by a cliff collapse, it's unusable. Uh, and we've got some shipping containers, uh, you know, where the team will be operating out of this year. Um, so this is, you know, they, this is this is big. And, and these clubs, if they're going to continue to service their local communities, we really need support. I, I would point out that um, the government funding that we receive um, is partial funding. So the case of Club rebuilds, what we typically do, or what clubs typically do, is they layer that funding. So so we provide a certain level of funding. And, and for Carrier Tahi, for Jim's club, uh, we're providing 1.4 million Surf Life Saving New Zealanders. And then what they do is clubs work with local and regional councils on funding. Um, they get funding typically from New Zealand Lotteries Grants Board, and then a range of community trusts and local businesses as well. Um, but it's a lot of work and a lot of work for volunteers and it's becoming increasingly difficult to um, you know, make, make those ends meet. Steve, thank you. Steve Fisher is Chief Executive of Surf Life Saving.